Till I'm tiptoed you Dot com The podcast about pop culture Black history and spirituality Yeah It's about to be a great vibe Dr. Tip Gonna take it away Till I'm tiptoed you Hey, it's your girl Tip. Thank you for joining me for another edition of Tell Him Tip Told You, the podcast where I share with you all of my musings about Black history, Black culture, and Black spirituality. <sighs> Y'all already know where I want to go, right? On today's episode, I'm not covering a whole lot of pop uh, culture. I'm not covering a whole lot of current events. I just want to talk about the bullshiggity that's happening again in Florida's educational system and what it means for us as Black folk. All right, so let's just jump right in. On July 20th, 2023, the Florida Department of Education approved new standards uh, for the state's public educational system. Now, if you're not in teacher education, you're not in education, that may not mean a whole lot to you. But let me just say this. Standards are what tell a teacher what to teach. All right. They're part of the curriculum of a state. And they are established to say what a student should be able to do by the end of X grade, right? And so when a state issues new standards, it pretty much is a mandate to all public educators in the system to adhere to the teaching of content in that fashion, all right? And so what the the state of Florida has done with these new standards pretty much has, um, they've manipulated the teaching of Black history in the state, all right. And I want to remind you that this is just the latest um, in the state's bullshiggity when it comes to black education and black history. Uh, some of you may remember that not long ago, earlier this summer, uh, College Board had created a new AP course in African-American history. It had been worked on for years by academics, historians, so on and so forth. Um, it had been reviewed and approved. And Ron DeSantis and his Florida Department of Education rejected um, that course on the basis of who knows what, right? They they basically said it wasn't a, it wasn't rigorous enough. It was inconsequential information, so on and so forth. And so these new Florida standards that have come out, we have to understand them in the context of Florida rejecting rigorous Black history. All right, so. I also want to say it's in the context of DeSantis naming his state the place where woke goes to die. Woke being a dog whistle that many of us understand as anti-black in nature. All right. Um, I want to I want to quote something from you from the middle school standard. All right. So Florida students in middle school will be taught, quote, how slaves That's problematic in and of itself. These were enslaved people. All right. How slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit, end quote. Now, let me just summarize that for you. In the state of Florida, middle school students will be learning that there was a benefit to slavery for some black folk. Ain't that kind of a slippery slope, y'all? Isn't that a little dangerous? I think that's a lot of dangerous, but let me just keep going. In that same set of standards, high school students 
uh, will have to learn the both sides argument of the race massacres. Now, when I was growing up, um, these things used to be wrongly called race riots. So, for example, 1921, Tulsa was called a race riot when I was in school, right? The Atlanta race riot, Chicago race riots. Well, we've grown since then, and a lot of historians, a lot of um, cultural studies folk, ethnic studies folk, have moved away from calling them riots to rightfully naming them massacres because so many Black, unarmed Black people in most cases, uh, were killed um, as a result of them being non-white. This new set of standards in the state of Florida will both sides these racial massacres. So, for example, the 1920 Ocoee Massacre um, <laughs> will be described, that massacre and others will be described, quote, as acts of violence perpetrated against and by African-Americans, end quote. Now, I've just, the, the historical record is clear <laughs> that in most of these cases, armed white folk went and massacred unarmed black folk. And yet in the state of Florida, high school students will be learning that it was a both and type situation. Right. And in fact, that 1920 Okoye massacre that I referenced, other historians describe that massacre as one of the nation's bloodiest Election Day violence in our country's history. And now Florida is going to both sides that. OK, the new standards do these things and it's quite dangerous. I want to ask us, one, do we see what's happening? And number two, are we prepared for it? Now, when confronted about these standards, Alex Lafranconi, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, he's the Florida Department of Education's Director of Communications. He said that 13 educators and academics created the standards. Now, I haven't, uh, in full transparency, I have not looked for all 13. What I did look for was for Black folk. <laughs> all right. So I'm not sure who all the 13 were. I was a little troubled that of the, the folks that were added to the committee on May 12th, and I'm about to give you those names, uh, none of them really are academics. But let me just keep going. So on May 12th, the governor of Florida appointed <laughs> Representative Kim Daniels to this task force that was charged with creating these new standards of how black history were going to be taught. Excuse me, black history was going to be taught in the state of Florida. Now, Kim Daniels in 2008 is on record as saying, quote, I'm going to quote it, y'all. I thank God for slavery. If it wasn't for slavery, I'd be somewhere in Africa worshiping a tree. I may be somewhere in Africa worshiping a tree, end quote. Yes, she's a black woman. And yes, she said she thanks God for slavery because if not for slavery, she may be in Africa worshiping a tree. And on May 12th, Ron DeSantis put her on a task force to create standards teaching black history to public school students. Now, I can go a whole lot of places with that. <laughs> I, I can go a whole lot of places with that. The first place I want to go is uh, for those of us who have ever read the classic. If you haven't read it, put it on your list. Chinua Achebe's Things Fall Apart. It's a brilliant book 
about colonialism, its arrival in West Africa and what it does to family and lineage and memory and so on and so forth. It's a beautifully written book. Um, There's a part in that book where traditional African priests are having a conversation with colonial priests, right? And the colonial priests are basically calling them primitive because they quote unquote worship trees. And the African priests in pity say, we're not worshiping trees. He doesn't say it, but I hear in my head, you idiots. What we're doing is we're worshiping the God that created the tree. Like so many people who do not understand African spirituality often label Africans as animists or uh, atheists or heathens because of the belief system. When the reality of the belief system, belief system is that God permeates everything and therefore everything, right, is deserving of worship and veneration. Kim Daniels doesn't get that. Instead, she's thankful that her ancestors were tormented, tortured, and enslaved so that she wouldn't be worshiping a tree in Africa. Now, she is someone who DeSantis saw fit. Now, remember, she made these statements in 2008. He saw fit in 2023 to put her on a task force designed to create educational standards in the state of Florida for children learning black education. I'm sorry, black history. Now, I'm talking about Kim Daniels, but I, I'm going to give you the full list and then I'm going to talk about what I think is happening. All right. Uh, I'm going to give you this full list in the context of Zora Neale Hurston reminding us that all our skin folk ain't our kin folk. So I'm going to name to you other than Kim Daniels, these other black folk who were on this task force. First is Mr. Tory Alston. He's the black chair of Broward School Board. Broward, that's a pretty black county in, in, in South Florida. Black man, he is the chair of the Broward School Board, Tory Austin. Then you've got Secretary John Davis. He's the sec- lottery secretary. He's a black man in Florida. You've got Glenn Gilzian. I hope I'm saying his last name correctly. He's the Central Florida Tourism Oversight person. He's black. You've got Representative Bernie Jock, Florida House of Representatives Republican. He's black. You've got Dr. Francis Preston, excuse me, Dr. Francis Presley Rice. She's black. Now, interestingly, on her LinkedIn, I didn't see any state appointments. It lists her as a TV screenwriter and executive producer. Well, I thought Laughrin Connie told us that all these people were education and academics, but I mean, maybe I misread that. But I wanted to give you that list of names. I wanted to remind you what Mama Zora said about all my skin folk ain't my kin folk. And I want to talk to you about why we study history and the cyclical nature of time. All right. That's what I want to do. Okay. So I wanted to give you some of that backstory. Listen, we study history not only to see where we have been, but to see and understand where we are. I'm going to say that again. We study history, not just to see where we've been, but to see and understand where we are currently. All right. So that's how I'm approaching understanding what's going on. Since our arrival in this country, there have been attempts 
to teach us certain things to make us more pliable and compliant. If you don't believe me, I want you to look at the first great awakening happening, excuse me, the great awakening movement in this country. It was a movement largely put forth by Christians who wanted black folk and Native Americans to learn to read so that they could learn to read the Bible. Now, there was some resistance against the Great Awakening movement um, because planters didn't want enslaved people learning to read. They thought it was dangerous and so on. We know where that goes later. But understand that even back then, folks understood that he or she who controls one's education controls that person. Right. Carter G. Woodson told us in his treatise, um, his well-known seminal text, The Miseducation of the Negro, when you could, and I'm quoting, when you control a man's thinking, you do not have to worry about his actions. You do not have to tell him not to stand here or go yonder. He will find his proper place and will stay in it. You do not need to send him to the back door. He will go without being told. In fact, if there is no back door, he will cut one for his special benefit. His education makes it necessary. And so since black folk have been in the United States, there has been a battle for the black mind. Y'all, I'm afraid that we're on the losing end of that battle. Now, I don't think we have to stay there, but as long as we are accepting of what is happening in Florida and elsewhere, then we are literally cutting a back door for ourselves. Let me just remind you of the cyclical nature of time. Spirit, God, whatever you call it, will send you lessons. And if you do not master the lesson, you will get it again. That's the cyclical nature of time. Things are going to keep coming to you until you get it right. In fact, I'm going to be doing... Um, an IG live workshop on the historical spiral cycle. I've done it before. I'm going to start doing these things again more regularly uh, because we have to understand how education is a tool of either liberation and emancipation or of oppression. And if we don't understand the cyclical nature of time, then we are shocked when things like these new standards happen. And we get all worked up about it for about a week and a half, and then it goes away. And unfortunately, there aren't any mass scale plans to address the fact that right now, we don't really own the socialization experiences of our young people. We don't really own the socialization of our young people. And what that lends to are black folks that will create opportunities for us to be continually oppressed, especially as it relates to education. See, our enemies understand what education can do. I'm not sure that outside of these explicit conversations about education, that we think about it regularly enough. This is how somebody like a Tory Austin can be a chair of the Broward School Board and let standards like this come out. 
Now, I want to say not all black folk in Florida are complying. The Florida Education Association, the League of Women Voters, the NAACP, other organizations have come out and criticized these standards. So we know that there are black folk advocating for true history to be taught. But in the meantime, we have to understand what is going on so that we can avoid it happening again in the future. Now, I want to just say this. There are some black folk who coon for coins. And so I don't know these people on this list. I don't know much about their histories. So I'm not saying that any of them are cooning for coins. I'm just saying there is something wrong with black folk who participate in systems that are against their collective best interest. All right. So I would say black folk who work against their own collective self-interests are either cooning for coins or it's something else going on. So I'm going to tell you what Naeem Akbar um, tells us to look out for. All right. The first concept I want to share with you is the alien self disorder, the alien self disorder. Now, according to Akbar, the alien self disorder is suffered by people who behave in a way that's contrary to their nature and their survival. All right. I'm going to read that again in case you're taking notes. Alien self-disorder is suffered by people who behave contrary to their nature and their survival. Now, Naeem Akbar and other black scholars like him believe that culturally black folk are collective, right? We see each other and we see an extension, African self-extension orientation. We see an extension of ourselves and we understand that your plight for freedom is my plight for freedom. And it's all wrapped up in there together. And so if at any point I begin to act in a way that's contrary to your survival, I might be suffering from alien self-disorder. Okay. Most of these people who have alien self-disorder are socialized. They learn to act contrary to their own best interests. In school, for example, I'm complying with a teacher who tells me to do my work quietly and alone and not to engage my classmates. See, that's contrary to our cultural stance. It's contrary to how we exist in the world. Black folk like community. And so when I begin to be socialized to pull myself out of community, I am vulnerable then to alien self-disorder. Alien self-disorder sufferers also tend to have been socialized by folks in systems to have materialistic goals. All right. I want you to think about this now. Folks who are socialized above all else to acquire materialistic markers of success. I want the bins. I want the six-figure job. I want the title for the six-figure job. I want these followers on social media. I want that materialism. Now, King was very anti-materialism. So we've known about these problems for a long time. I just want to bring them back to our memory, right? When folks, black folks, are socialized to strive for materialistic goals and social affluence above all else, they are vulnerable to alien self-disorder because what that tends to do, uh, Lisa Delpit talks about the American public school system socializes us to, to aspire to middle-class values, right? 
If we think about the messages that educators often give us, it's about getting a good job. It's about acquiring wealth. It's about even even you've got some quote unquote pro black folk talking about acquiring economic wealth. And there is not a problem with acquiring economic wealth, but it has to be balanced with something other than your desire for materialistic goals and affluence. Because if that is your sole driver, uh, maybe you, you, you might have some alien self disorder to deal with. Because in order to have that materialist, excuse me, the materials and the affluence, more than likely you are conditioned to ignore social inequities that allow you paths to that material. Right? You turn your eye to certain things. You accept certain things. You bite your tongue in certain settings, in certain meetings, because at the end of the day, what you want is the material goal, not social justice. And therefore, you develop alien self-disorder. You are quiet in the meeting against your own best interest. You don't advocate for the sister who just interviewed for the job because you feel like you don't token at the table and she might threaten your spot. Because at the end of the day, you're concerned with the material goal and not with the well-being of the community. That's alien self-disorder. Finally, Akbar says, these people deny the existence of forces that threaten our collective survival. Now, when, when Dr. Price was asked, Rice, excuse me, Dr. Frances Presley Rice, when she was asked about the standards, she said, well, there were some black people who benefited. To ignore... The existence of how mm, of the forces that benefit from you saying something like that. You don't understand how dangerous it is to say something like that. You want to pretend that there's not a problem with these standards. Oh, baby, you got at least alien self-disorder, if not anti-self-disorder. So let's now go to anti-self-disorder. Okay. Akbar argues that if you do not remedy alien self-disorder, it will eventually progress to anti-self. Now, people who have anti-self have all of the markers and characteristics that I just described. And on top of that, they not only identify with the dominant group, they are openly hostile to black folk. Now, if you're on TikTok, you've seen it. If you're on Instagram, you've seen it. And now we're looking at these standards. You see black folk who are openly hostile to our well-being, our collective and community well-being. They're openly hostile because they don't like themselves. Akbar says they openly seek to protect the systems that suppress and oppress us. Like, okay, so I'm from Warner Robins, Georgia, which is right outside of Macon, which is where Jason Aldean is from, right? So you've got this song, this racist dog whistle of a song about sundown towns and lynching, about not trying that in a small town. First of all, Jason Aldean probably can't walk around making Georgia feeling safe, all right, while he's singing about sundown towns. Them days long gone in Macon, all right? But let me just say this. I have seen black folk openly defending him. That's anti, that's anti self disorder. I, I, I just, I, 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 mm. 
You can't, Clarence Thomas, when you are openly hostile and protective of systems that oppress other black people, it's because you don't like yourself and you believe the worst about our people. And where does that come from? Why am I telling you that time is cyclical? Where does that? It comes from an educational system that never teaches you your value and your worth. See, if you grow up thinking that your people have only been enslaved and that the only people who have power don't look like you, you will aspire to be like the people who don't look like you. It's miseducation. That's what Woodson was trying to tell us back in the 20s, y'all. 20s, 30s was that if we did not learn who we were, our children were going to be susceptible and become people that not only didn't see themselves as black, but were also openly hostile towards black folk because of internalized racism and oppression. Anti-self, alien self can also come from those of us who got good grades in public schools I'm going to ask you to remember, right? Some of us got to remember back further than others. But I'm going to ask you to remember, I am quite certain if you got A's and B's in public school and you went to predominantly white schools, somebody tried to convince you that you were not like other black people. And if you were not surrounded by a community and or a family that could call you in and remind you of black brilliance everywhere, then you might grow up believing that bullshit. You might grow up believing that you're not like them other Negroes. You're better than them other Negroes. You got Indian in your family, child. You a foundational black American. You Ados, baby. You ain't like them African, right? Somebody has tried to convince you of that because they benefit. The system benefits from having Black folk that suffer from alien self and anti-self disorder. That's why you can name a task force that has this many black people on it who will create standards that are not in the collective interests of black folk. So that so then our oppressors can turn around and say, no, ain't no system to it. Look how many black folk help. They, They don't see a problem with it. It must be something wrong with you that you see a problem with it. They have voluntarily agreed to be tokens, y'all. But I don't want you to miss it. They are socialized to be that. That's what Akbar is reminding us. They are socialized to be that because many of them came from a public school system that they are seeking to perpetuate. We have never. I just want to remind you all of this. We have never been able to trust the U.S. public school system wholesale to teach our history. When we do, you end up with people with alien self and anti-self disorder because they don't understand who we are. They don't understand why we are. Akbar, in his description of anti-self disorder, actually calls out politicians directly. Let me quote, politicians who will join any faction in order to further their careers. Tori Austin, John Davis, Glenn Gilzine, Bernie Jock, Dr. Francis Presley Rice, Akbar, 
<laughs> Y'all just go on and get the... Uh, what I do with the book? I'm going to have to put that in the show notes, the name of the book. Y'all just go on and get the book and read about alien self and anti-self disorder. And I want to remind you that they both come out of miseducation. And what are the Florida standards setting out to do? Miseducate a whole new generation of kids. Are we ready for it? Are we ready for it? Do, do we know what to do? Now, I actually didn't rant today as much as I thought I would. I want to give you some practical some practical things to do. They, they don't won't solve the problem immediately, but these are some practical things to do. Number one, I want you to look around at the organizations who are openly um, criticizing these standards and align yourself with one or more. That doesn't mean you have to join them, but read their statements, be informed, If they're having meetings, things of that nature, try to attend, network with others in the community who are openly resisting such standards. All right. So again, in Florida, that's the Florida Education Association, the League of Women Voters, the NAACP, um, among others. All right. So you're going to look at these websites, find out who's having a rally, who's having this, who's having this, who's having planning meetings so on and so forth, so that you are aware and alert of what's happening. Number two, I want you to pay attention to school boards. School boards have a lot of power. I've talked about this before. I will continue to talk about this. School boards have a lot of power. Part of a school board's responsibility is interpreting state standards. So it's extra important when you have foolish standards like this on the books, it's extra important. It's critical that you have a school board that will allow the community to say what it is they want their children to learn. And I'm not talking about Moms for Liberty. And they, they let me just say this. Right now, Black folk, we are being out-organized. They are taking the strategies of our ancestors, out-organizing us and running school systems that are poisoning our students. Because we aren't being strategic. I'm not getting on that soapbox. Align yourself to some of these professional organizations. Second, I want you to align yourself with teacher organizations. With teacher organizations. As I said earlier, a lot of these teachers are sick of this shit. And you want to have a relationship with people in the classrooms because just like the school board interprets standards, unless you're in a scripted district, you, the teacher can do what needs to be done to make sure the students get true history. I'm not going to say a whole lot more about that, but if you are a teacher and you want me to tell you how to do it, send me a DM or an email, drtip at tellemtiptoldyou.com. There are ways to get around these standards and keep your job. But it's strategy. So teachers, align yourself with other teachers who are willing to do what's necessary to teach our kids the truth. When I say parents, align with teachers. There are going to be some teachers who may not be willing to risk their jobs. We all got to eat. So they may not be willing to risk their jobs, but they may be able to filter you information from the school that you may need to organize. So parents, Get in good relationship with teachers. 
read the book Fugitive Pedagogy by Jarvis Gibbons, uh, The uh, Lost Education of Horace Tate by Vanessa Siddle Walker. That's an, those are important reads for both teachers and parents. And I want you to pay attention to what black folk have done previously in similarly hostile educational systems. All right. Third, if you are a learned person, now notice I said a learned person. Don't be out here jacking up kids. But if you are a learned person capable of doing workshops in your community, can I get a one Saturday a month? Can I get a one Saturday a month? Because if it's four, y'all, we got the whole month locked down. Because we are going to have to provide supplemental instruction for our learners. And I don't mean just history, right? History is where the open attack is, where we can see it most clearly right now. But there are subjects like ethnomathematics, ethnobotany, ethnobiology, where we learn about the critical cultural perspective that can give us a broader view of problems and of techniques for problem solving. And if other folks' non-white perspectives are written out of the curriculum, then we are now limiting human knowledge base. So all of us, whatever our skills and talents are, create alternative learning situations and opportunities for our learners. We have to do it. Invest in historically black colleges and universities. We are going to need financially sovereign institutions. Now, read between them lines. We need financially sovereign institutions to train teachers. Because if Florida stand, let me tell you how education works now. If the Florida K-12 standards aren't teaching these kids black history, When the child graduates and goes off to college to become a teacher, they don't teach it in in college if you're not majoring in it. So then now you have a new generation of teachers who won't even know there is something wrong with the standards. So you're going to need financially sovereign institutions of higher education to reinvigorate, re-inspire, re-motivate, and re-teach future teachers. Start a book club. Start a book club. I haven't done it in probably a year. We read Miseducation of the Negro together. Maybe maybe I'll I'll do that again in a couple of months. Let me get school started. Get my kids back in, in school for the fall. And then let's do it. Let's start some book clubs. Matter of fact, if you have not read the Miseducation of the Negro, go get it. That's going to be our first book for the book club. We've done it before. If you've done it before, do it again with us because, you know, new mouths, new brains present. We'll get some new ideas. But start a book club in your community. Don't wait for mine. Do it yourself. But we have to begin to get serious about our young people's education. Our enemies are. People who want to oppress you, they are clear on how important education is to keeping control. They burning books. They're banning books. You don't see all this is what is it related to? It's related to our ability and capacity to know who we are. 
on a macro level. On a micro level, you can't... Mm, I'm not doing that yet. I'll do that next week. I'm about to go... Okay, so I feel the rant coming on. So we're going to go on and wrap up this episode. <laughs> we're going to go on and wrap it up. Uh, I do want you to be on the lookout for people with alien self and anti-self disorder. I'm not telling you that so that you go out and attack these people. I want you to recognize it when you see it. Understand what you're seeing. It's an unnatural state of existence. Let me tell you that. These people, it is unnatural that they are who they are. They are who they are because, because structural inequities have made them who they are. And they're looking for a way out. But shake the dust from your feet and move and depart yourself from them. I'm never going to tell you to attack public schools. Because right now, the vast majority of our students are in them. So we need to continue to advocate for public schools, but we need to control school boards. We are being out-organized in that. All right. So I just wanted to give you that background. Um, Next week, I'll probably do a little bit more with it. I also want to, I didn't do it today. I'll cover it next time. I want to cover a little bit of the Black Anglo-Saxons by Nathan Hare, right? So we're going to talk about these these people who coon for coins and hate themselves. (laughs) I, I want us to understand what happens when we don't control the socialization of Black folk. If we are not strategic and vigilant about how our children are raised we lose them and I want us to understand that alright have a wonderful rest of your day y'all tell them to told you